BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. As you know, this is the show that respects your intelligence. We honor you as a citizen and we work to bring you the stories that so often the mainstream media ignore and the perspectives that big tech and the left so often seek to silence. Well, I'm honored that we're going to start this program with Real America's Voice President of Programming. And you see her every night after this show on Dr. Gina Primetime. But now we're here live in studio with Dr. Gina. Dr. Gina, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome to Palm Beach. It's great to have you in town. Getting a little sunshine, a little vitamin D. A little sunshine, a little vitamin D, a little fun. It's it's fantastic. Great to have you. So, Dr. Gina. Most people, when they think of Dr. Gina, they think of you as host of Dr. Gina Primetime. They think of you as the president of programming for Real America's Voice. You're also a mom. Yes. You homeschooled. You worked a lot to support homeschooling families in Missouri and around the country. I want to ask your opinion on what Joe Biden, President Biden, is doing with his executive orders regarding education curriculum. If you could... Explain them to our viewers and how you think it's going to be affecting families around the country. Yes, I've, I've had, had a little bit of a Twitter storm about this. That's, <laughs> that's what I do when I get angry. That's why I can't yes. pull myself away from Twitter. No matter how angry I get is because it's a great place to have a temper tantrum. You have to admit that. <laughs> right. And uh, so, yes, I saw that uh, he was instituting in one of his EOs uh, the Black Lives Matters curriculum instead of, and this is in place of the 1776 yes. Uh, program that was such a great, such a great effort at, at, you know, the 1776 thing that that President Trump was implementing was so good because it was going to reinstitute teaching history, uh, true literature, teaching people about our founders, teaching people about uh, America first. And while those things matter um, in in a a well-rounded way, and that is so important. We've lost that in this country. And that's the reason why History is repeating itself um, right before our very eyes. And so I was very excited about that. And as, as Joe Biden mentioned, he is signing all these executive orders to do away with the policies that he didn't like of President Trump. And one of those is, you know, covering up the 1776 Act with the Black Lives Matter rhetoric. And that is, um, and there's a statement in the Black Lives Matter, and this is an, a direct quote, and it says, mm. treating people equally may be racist. Treating people equally may, and immediately, Eric, my mind went to the book Animal Farm by George Orwell, yes. which all of my children are rereading right now, yes. because I think it's very important. And there's a quote in that, when the pigs were trying to take control mm. of the mm. government, um, there's a quote in that, the pigs told them, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than other animals. This is straight out of Orwell, Yes, Eric. yes. And people, you know, we're talking about this Orwellian, right? And one of the things that you notice is that one of the most popular authors right now 
in the country is George Orwell. Correct. Why? Because all of the things that he talked about are actually seem to be and scarily and frighteningly coming to fruition in our country. There was a quotation that you just mentioned where they're saying treating people equally may be racist. And yet you go back, you look at the Constitution, which I believe says all men are created equal. Right. Right. And 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 locates our liberties in the sense that they are God-given liberties, that we are equal, and that yes. all people have rights to freedom of speech, which the left is trying to censor, freedom of expression, freedom of, of assembly, mm -hmm. the Second Amendment, right to bear arms. All of these things are given to us by God. From your perspective, as tell us a little bit about why you homeschooled, because it sounds like more and more parents around the country are looking at private school options and homeschool options mm -hmm. because they're worried about the indoctrination that the government is, is pushing in many cases. Yeah, the great thing about homeschooling, what I really love is, first of all, there are thousands of curricula out there yes. available. Yes. People don't realize that. Right. And for the price of what you spend just yes. to get your child on a school bus every day and to follow them around to all their different stuff, um, you can pretty easily hire a tutor to come yes. in and do the work. Yes. <laughs> so I am a person who works you know, uh, multiple things, yes. as you know. Yes. I'm never doing one thing. Right. Um, I, I work full time. I work all day from the time I wake yes. up to the time I go to bed. I take very little time for leisure yes. or pleasure because I love my work. Yes. It is my pleasure. Yes. And, uh, and and I'm a workaholic. My kids will all tell you. So I'm not there sitting at home with my kids going over English les lessons. I don't do that. Right. Homeschooling to me means they come alongside me. They travel with me. Mm -hmm. They get to do all of those great things. They know things like for example, the Orwellian things that I just yes, told you. They've yes. read the classics. Um, they've read the Bible. Um, they, they understand things like that our Constitution has negative rights in it. Most people don't mm -hmm, understand that. Mm -hmm. Negative rights yes. are different. We have rights from our government. Correct. Not rights yes. given to us by our government. Right. Our rights come from God. Our rights yes. are from... To be free uh, to from be free government. from our yes. government. And yes. that's a very important yes. thing to understand. Yes. Um, they understand what our, um, our our Bill of Rights means. Uh, they understand these kinds of things that will equip them for their life. But more importantly, the time that they get to spend with us is quality time. They get to travel with us. They yes. get to go to the White House with me when I went before. Um, they get to go to you know different places around the country to work with me a lot yes. of times. A lot of times they're sitting here in a green room right. while I'm doing a show with yes. you. Yes. And so those are great things about homeschooling that I love. And you can work it into your lifestyle. It's very practical today, very easy today with all the technology. They can do it right here. Right. And, uh, and, and I happen to just think it's a great convenience tool for parents that have a busy life. Awesome. Now I do, I want to shift gears now to yeah. your work hat and you yes. put it on as not just the host of Dr. Gina Primetime, which is a fantastic show. And I want to talk about what's coming up in a minute, but you're also the president of programming for Real America's Voice. So you get to kind of have a broad view of all of the shows that are happening during the week, during the weekend. We've seen tremendous growth, tremendous growth in the people who are tuning in on Pluto, Roku, Apple Fire, Dish TV, etc. And what do you think is driving that? I think so much of what has happened uh, recently uh, is people basically not being responsible with the gift they've been given 
of uh, having a network and not mm -hmm. taking that seriously mm -hmm. and using it and abusing it yeah. and not not respecting their audience frankly mm -hmm. here at rav we respect our audience it's one of the yes. very first things when i sat down with our founder rob and our ceo howard that they told me about our network is we will always respect our audience yes and with that comes a massive burden uh, to try to it's not to say that we can never express an opinion, because there are opinion shows of like mine. Yeah. Um, but it is to say that when you do express an opinion, that you're respectful about it, that you aren't uh, name-calling, that yes. you aren't slamming people yes. uh, just for the sake of being slanderous. You know, that, that when you are making a case, that you're making it thoughtfully and intelligently and based on facts. And then, backing everything up with a news side that we have mm -hmm. with just the news, uh, that really does report solely the facts without the injection of opinion. Yes. And then delineating that for an audience so that they know what they're getting and they're not being told by some opinion host, uh, like you might see on some other networks, um, who's presenting it as if it's news when it's in fact their injection of the yes. worst type of opinion and in some cases straight up lies like we had with the Russia hoax, yes. like we have had with some of the impeachment stuff, like we've had really for four years um, of reporting on Donald Trump who I don't even still know he, how he governed based upon uh, so much fake news being reported about him every single day. Well, you know, and there are consequences now. I mean, there's a recent poll came out. Confidence in the mainstream media is at the lowest point it's been since they started the poll 50 years ago. It's only 9% of Americans who are actually believing the mainstream media. And yeah. it seems to me that that's one of the reasons why people are coming to yeah. Real America's Voice and this partnership with Just the News is it that is. they're able to get these quality stories and opinion that's also rooted in fact. I always yes. say they're handing us audience, but it's <laughs> yes. up to us yes. uh, to keep it. Yes. And and that really is true. The, 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 the outlets that have traditionally <laughs> been trusted are no longer trusted. That's great news for us because yes. our, our audience is growing. Uh, by leaps and bounds, they're sharing it with their friends. They're they're telling their hairdresser about it. They're you know they're coming over all the time, and I'm I'm always just delighted when I find out our, our new numbers and and see all the social media activity and so on and so forth. No matter how hard big tech tries to cover it up, <laughs> but it is our responsibility, as you know, Eric, uh, to present the facts the best we can, to present our opinion in the most honest way we yes. can. And, uh, and to be as sincere as we can so that our audience knows they can come here, they can trust us, they're going to get quality programming, we're going to keep improving it. And speaking of improving it, yes. if I may, yes. uh, tonight, yes. following your show, yes. on my show, yes. Let everybody we know. have a big announcement okay. about a new show I'm very excited about, so I wanted to get people excited for that. We also have a big fake news alert that I'm going to be giving people, and we're also going to be letting some people know about the new CNN ratings, which are, let's just say, pretty much at an all-time low. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, we, I know everybody's going to stick around for that. Last question, yeah. tw 20 seconds. You're very close to the president's, yeah. President Trump's family. You've known them for a long time. I've been talking with Seb Gorka, Steve Bannon, and others, and they've said, hey, look, I'm sure that the president didn't want to be impeached again, but it was actually one of the best things that ever could have happened because it just showed how vicious and how in, 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 Nancy Pelosi was willing to do this drive-by impeachment in eight hours, which the facts are already showing you know, there was no basis in fact for this. Yeah. Good thing for the they president. Wish they could.
they yeah. wish they could eat those words. Don't yes. They, they yes. wish they could backtrack and there was some way out of it. Yes, I, I do have the pleasure of being here and seeing the president on a regular basis. He actually just sent me some champagne for my birthday. This yes, week. yes. And uh, I'll tell you, he's looking well-rested. He's looking healthy. He's playing a lot of golf. I can tell you that. Um, he, he, I, I, I'm going to say that I think he's kind of enjoying uh, being where he is right now and the fact that he will definitely be back. We'll be hearing from him. Awesome. All right, folks, we'll stick around right after Actionable Intelligence. You're going to get Dr. Gina Primetime. We will be back here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. As you know, we've got a fantastic team here at Real America's Voice. And part of that team is Tudor Dixon, who you see here live from 1 to 3 p.m. on Real America's Voice. She hosts America's Voice Live with Steve Gruber. Tudor, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Tudor, there's a lot that's happening, a lot of breaking news at justthenews.com. I wanted to get your thoughts and especially what you are hearing from people in Michigan about this leading story that they've got out at justthenews.com. They did a poll and almost 40% of Americans favor firing or suspending teachers who are refusing to show up due to coronavirus. What are your thoughts and what are you hearing from folks in Michigan and around the country? Well, look at the situation that they have going on in Chicago right now. They have students that have not been in the classroom since March. My hometown is the suburbs of Chicago. I have friends that their students went to school for the first time Monday. That was the first time they've been to school since the pandemic started. It's almost unheard of to think of this, but now you have these teachers in Chicago that have come back and said they are refusing to go back into the classroom, even though they've made concessions for them. They've said for people with pre-existing conditions, you don't have to come back. We'll continue to allow you to conduct online learning. So we know that that's the case with these teachers in Chicago. So I understand the parents' frustration. I understand Americans saying, if you're not going to show up to, to work, then you're out of there. Because look at what's happening in Michigan. We have all of our manufacturing, all of our farmers, everybody that has gone back to work, they're on an assembly line. These are not people that are working with students. They're working next to the guy who's 40 or 50 years old next to them who is likely to transmit the virus. But what we know from the CDC right now is very clear, that if you are a teacher in a classroom with students, you have a very low chance of getting the virus from those students because children simply do not transfer or transmit the virus at the rate that adults do. So if adults can go back to all of these manufacturing environments where you're working very closely with people who genuinely have the, the potential of sharing the virus with you, then why should these teachers be allowed to be paid and stay home? I agree. If you're going to stay home, yeah. then you shouldn't be getting money from the taxpayers because that's who we're paying them. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's so frustrating to Americans around the country 
is that so many of these decisions seem to be irrational. I mean, they keep saying, so many politicians saying, we want to follow the science. But what you're saying is the science is actually incredibly clear as it relates to kids. I mean, you were quoting some of these studies and statistics about how the, the fact is when you look at what's been happening in schools, they've done major studies with thousands of children that you're just simply not seeing the rate of transmission from kid to kid and not from kids to adults. So, look, I know it's something that we're going to be watching closely at Real America's Voice and at, and at Just the News. I do want to get your thoughts on what's happening in Michigan there, your home state. You've got a Michigan prosecutor who's now dismissed over 1,600 of Governor Whitmer's COVID violations. Why? Because they were ruled unconstitutional, what the governor had put in place. What are your thoughts and what are you hearing from folks in Michigan about this? It's very important that that happens because Michiganders were told that these orders were unconstitutional. And then this governor went around the Supreme Court of Michigan and she decided to go through the health department. And then she continued with these same draconian orders to hold people back and not allow them to work, not allow them to start open their start opening their restaurants. We've had suicides just last week. We had a suicide in my town of a young boy who couldn't go back and play hockey. And at this age, these are the things that are most important to teenagers. Our teenagers have not been allowed to go back to sports. So absolutely, I think this is the right choice because the Supreme Court made a decision. If you look at this straightly, straight from a legal standpoint, they have no bearing. They have no ability to go to these businesses, to go to these people and say, you're breaking some sort of code. There was no law in place. The law was deemed unconstitutional. So I think it's fantastic to see these prosecutors saying, we're going to end up dismissing these cases because, Eric, how could they not? They're, they're meaningless. They're, they're unconstitutional, and it sounds like, good on them, even the people who were fined hopefully are going to get refunds because this was a plainly unconstitutional effort. And I want to pick up, Tudor, on, on one of the things that you also mentioned there. We are seeing increasing evidence. It's come out that over time, we all knew this, you and I were talking about this very early on in the pandemic, that when you isolate people, it's going to have a lot of negative effects on their health. And particularly when you isolate kids. And then especially when you isolate kids who have learning disabilities, when you isolate kids on the autism spectrum, when you isolate these kids who depend on the ability to go to school, to socialize, not just to learn, but for their social and emotional development. We're seeing more mental health visits to emergency rooms from kids that we've ever seen. And it looks like the suicide crisis among kids has also been exacerbated by a lot of these draconian COVID lockdowns. What we haven't seen, and I'm curious if you're seeing it with the in the local press in, in Michigan at all, is is anyone in the mainstream media asking politicians like Governor Whitmer, who's, who have put these draconian restrictions in place, are they asking them to take responsibility for the health effects that it's having on so many kids? Yeah, It looks sounds like we've got a, a slight uh, technical difficulty there in terms of the, the connection with, with Tudor Dixon, who's up in Michigan. 
She is always here uh, on Real America's Voice, 1 to 3 p.m. You can catch her and Steve Gruber. They've got a fantastic show, and they are talking every day with people around the country about the most important issues. Uh, right now, we've got uh, some other uh, breaking news here at Just the News. I encourage everybody to go out to justthenews.com and uh, what you'll see at justthenews.com is that poll which we just mentioned. I'm going to bring it up here. Almost 40% favor firing or suspending no-show teachers. Top story on the website. Go check it out. Earlier today, Carrie Sheffield was on with Just the News AM. Have a listen. So joining me to discuss this is Mr. David Keene. He's editor-at-large for The Washington Times. Good morning, David. Morning. You know, they must have more sunshine up there in New Hampshire than we have here, or else that groundhog's got very good eyes. <laughs> that is a very good point. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how he could see his, his it shadow. It looked like it was snowing. It was snowing. <laughs> I, I don't know how you see your shadow if there's no sun to project a shadow. This is a very good point. Um, but as far as the uh, what's happening here in Washington, so you've been around this conservative movement for a long time. You led the American Conservative Union. You led the National Rifle Association. From your vantage point, what does the conservative movement do from here? Well, I think that, that you know, the, if you look at the history of America, one thing that you can almost count on, regardless of party, is that whichever party wins overreaches. And that's happening very quickly uh, with this administration because uh, Joe Biden was not elected to do the things he's already doing. Uh, he was elected and he put himself up as the unifier and sort of the not Donald Trump candidate and managed to eke out a victory. But he's been operating since the inauguration uh, more executive orders than any president in U.S. history uh, on issues that were not part of the campaign in any meaningful way. For example, uh, while he appointed Beto O'Rourke from Texas to be in charge of his gun policies, that was never discussed during the campaign except on his web page. But then even before the inauguration, he said one of his goals is to, quote, defeat the NRA. Uh, and he's got a whole series of Second Amendment restrictions that he wants either to do by regulation or, or through Congress. Same thing is true on a whole other group of issues. The likelihood is that the conservative side, the Republicans and, and, and conservatives in general, have to get their act together. But at the same time, uh, the, he's going to be playing into their hands by doing what other presidents have done, and that's overreaching. Do you think he's doing this not because he necessarily wants to, because Joe Biden, the man himself for 40 years, there was an interesting profile. When he was in the 60s, he wasn't there getting arrested. He wasn't there being a, a beatnik. He wasn't there being anti-war. He wasn't there snorting cocaine on campus. He was wearing the loafers and he was a prep and he was very much of an establishment kind of person. Right. That That's how he's, he's spent most of his career in the Senate. Do you think he's doing this because basically he's being yanked to the left by his base? Well, on some issues, and somebody pointed out that he's been described as a centrist, and it's always been true that he is a centrist. He's always been at the center of the Democratic Party. Mm. The problem is the center of the Democratic Party today is a lot different than it was in 1970. So just by that calculation, and he's a calculating politician, uh, being in the center puts you far to the left of your previous self, if you will. So in that sense, he may be consistent, but he's also got a party uh, that has, because it's moved so far, is able to leverage him. His goal was to be president. Uh, he's, he's got certain beliefs and certain 
uh, biases and all that. But he's not an ideological politician. But he plays to those he needs for support. And within the Democratic Party, both in the primary and now as president, because of the makeup of the party and the makeup of the congressional uh, side of the party, he has to play to the left and will. Uh, and I think that whether, you know, the, the question is not, do you believe this? The question is, are you doing it? And he's doing right. what they want him to do. Right. Well, what about the Republican Party and conservatives at this point? Because there are two women right now in the Republican Party who are embattled. Liz Cheney has her leadership post is potentially coming under fire. She's the number three Republican in the House. And that was Carrie Sheffield earlier today on Just the News AM. Stay right with us because when we come back, we're going to be joined by Jerry Carafano from the Heritage Foundation. And we're going to be talking through a couple of big national security issues, including President Biden's approach to immigration and border security. Stay right with us. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Well, welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. Now, joining us now is Jay Carafano. He is vice president of the Heritage's Foundation's Institute for national security and foreign policy. He's also the author of the recently published book, Surviving the End, which addresses emergency preparedness. He's a graduate of West Point who served in the United States Army, rose to the rank of Lieutenant Colonel. Jay, thanks so much for joining us. A lot of issues to cover on the national security side. Uh, I wanna start with this one, immigration. Everybody saw that Biden came into office. He halted the construction of the border wall. In a few words, what is Biden's immigration approach and what are the implications for America's national security? Yeah, look, I, I don't think it's too strong to say it's about open borders. It's about erasing the difference between illegal and legal immigration. And it's about creating an open system where anyone can come here. And regardless of their status, they would receive support from the federal, state, and local governments, regardless of the economic contribution they may. And actually, regardless of the, the public health risk, the national security risk, or the public safety risk. I don't think that's too strong. And, and what's really remarkable about this is, this is a complete reversal of everything we've done the last four years, which mm -hmm. has all been tremendously successful. Biden didn't run on any of this. Virtually never got mentioned in the entire campaign, came up once during the debate. And there were a lot, maybe there's lots of reasons people didn't vote for Donald Trump, but securing the border, making us safer, battling Ill immigration, um, a lot, making space for American workers to get jobs. None of that was a re reason people voted against Donald Trump. So this is the starkest reversal on the thing in which arguably Biden has the least national mandate. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a stark reversal. And as you mentioned, this is not something that Biden campaigned on. He didn't campaign on open borders. He didn't campaign saying in my first week I'm going to stop construction of the border wall. And yet that is exactly what we're what we're seeing from him. We're also seeing 
The Biden administration is halting arms sales to Saudi Arabia. Talk about that decision and its implications for American security and also uh, for for the Middle East. Yeah, you know, those are actually linked because if you look at the, the border pol- immigration policies, they make sense if you're ticking off every item on a leftist progressive wish list. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but they don't make sense from a national security perspective. It's it's troubling to our out our countries that are south of us. It's a problem for them. And the biggest problem is is when you do illegal immigrate when you do these policies, it just encourages more illegal immigration. It overwhelms the system and it pours a ton of more money into the criminal cartels. So it's politically nice, but from what's best for 330 million Americans, it's bad. So you look at the Saudi deal. And it's exactly the same thing. The administration says we're, we're, we're going to halt and review all our arms deals with Saudi Arabia. Well, from a political standpoint, you know, people have problems with the Saudi regime. They, they're, they're happy. But from what's best for 330 million Americans and what's best for us is a peaceful and stable Middle East, who benefits by not having a strong Saudi Arabia that can defend itself? Iran which is the single greatest troublemaker in the region. So not only are you saying to the Iran, we're going to go back to the Iran deal, which gives you everything and gives everybody else nothing. We're going to hamstring all the the countries that are blocking your destructive, destabilizing influence in the the region. This is like throwing napalm on the gasoline after you throw the gasoline on the fire. Uh, It'll make Russia happy because Russia will sell Saudis arms. They don't care. Um, the only the only people that lose are Saudi Arabia, Israel, Jordan, Iraq, Egypt, Turkey. Um, Iran's a big winner. Russia's a big winner. So again, it's not in our best interests, but it's a but it's a leftist. You know, check check the block. So at least he's consistent so far in the policies that we've seen. Yeah, well, and it is you know as as many of our viewers know. Like Saudi Arabia has long been a counterbalance to Iran in the region. Iran, the largest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Um, and, and the administration is clearly making all of these moves, going back to the Obama administration policies, which were clearly favoring uh, Iran. Now, speaking of, of the Middle East, you know, one of the domestic issues that Biden also took action on was killing right away the Keystone XL pipeline. Now, most of the coverage of that move had to do with him coming in and killing 11,000 jobs with one stroke of the pen and and many others uh, that were going to be affected by that decision from an economic standpoint. But I'd be interested, Jay, if you could break down your perspective on how that affects America's uh, national security, given that under President Trump, we'd, we'd actually achieved American energy independence for the first time. Biden comes in, he kills the Keystone XL pipeline. What does that do for America's national security? Yeah, well, I would link that decision with the decision of the administration to reflexively rejoin the Paris Accord. Um, Mm. Because, because again, what they have in common is they are both leftists, check the blocks, but they're actually not good for the American people. So Keystone is bad economically. We talked about that. It's it's actually bad environmentally. Moving that oil is going to create more more um, greenhouse gases. 
It's a disaster on foreign policy, not only because you're alienating our closest ally and neighbor, Canada, but you're undermining energy independence in the United States. What energy, look, oil is a fungible commodity. It's sold all over the world. So just because we can produce oil doesn't mean other country, you know, other countries still need oil too. But energy independence kind of put us in the driver's seat, put us in a stronger position. When you cut off Keystone XL, we lose that energy independence. Our oil becomes more expensive. Venezuela, Russia, everybody in the Middle East, Iran, their oil becomes more valuable. So you've undermined us, our strategic advantage. You've put us at a competitive disadvantage. And it doesn't even help environmentally because the reason why leftists love this is because they think the way that we're going to transition to a green economy and have a green industrial revolution is we're just going to starve the fossil fuels. Well, that, that's not going to work. The way you actually transition to a green economy is you have a secure energy supply, you have a wealthy economy, you build up your infrastructure, you innovate, and that leads to the transition. The, what they're doing, if they're just saying, everybody's going to run out and buy solar panels tomorrow, all we're actually doing is not actually being energy independent. We're not actually being more green. All we're doing is being incredibly more dependent on China because it's China that's really making most of this stuff right now. And it, it'll actually just put us more in the Chinese pocket. So it's a feel good thing for the left, but it, it's not good for us. The Paris Climate Accord is the same thing. One of the biggest problems with the Paris Climate Accord is it does nothing about China. It gives the world's biggest polluter the get out of jail free card. And so the Chinese love this. You just gave them cover to do nothing for 30 years. Who would not be excited about this? But this is the thing, you know, the, the Biden administration talks this great game, but it's but but all they've done is hand out favors. They they gave the they're not pressing the Chinese on climate. That's bad. They gave the Russians a new start agreement, which is everything for Russia, nothing for us. Right. And, and at the time when Putin is suffering with problems internally, we just make his life easier. So give me to Russia, give me to um, China, give me to Iran, you know, good deal. Even in Burma, where he said, well, we're going to look at, at sanctions for this regime just overthrew their government. He didn't say we're going to hammer them with sanctions. He just said, well, we're going to look at this. So. So far, he's really done stuff for every bad country on the planet and done nothing for Americans. Yeah, I think that's that's clear uh, who's who's in the driver's seat on Biden's uh, policies. He promised to govern as a centrist. But these are, as you mentioned, all kind of leftist agenda items that he's pushed not only domestically, but on the, on the foreign policy side as well. You mentioned Burma. If you would give our viewers just a little breakdown and update on what's happening and what the Biden administration hasn't done and what they have done up to this point. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Burma is this tiny country. It's glued on the back of China. It, it's not strategically important to us, but but it is important because America plays a leadership role here. When the Burma generals said, oh, we'll put a civilian government in place, it was the Obama administration that rushed in and pulled off all the sanctions. And the generals weren't stupid. They just did that to get all the sanctions off. Yeah. They never really gave up control. 
And it's not really even, and, and we, so what they just didn't say it was a coup, which is they threw out the civilian government. But technically, it's not a coup because the Constitution says they can throw out the civilian government because the military wrote the Constitution. Right. So, point one is the Obama administration coddled dictators. They, they gave these guys a gimme by letting them up the sanctions. We got, they did nothing really to improve the life of the people. And the other thing is, is Burma is in the shadow of China. They are clearly in China's sphere of influence. The Burma generals can only flourish because the Chinese government lets them. The Chinese government is the single biggest enabler of authoritarian regimes on the world today. Yeah. And the Obama administration yeah, got gave about, one of their climate states a gimme. Right? Yeah, we've only got about 40 seconds left. Where can folks find you on social media uh, to dig into to this and, and other issues that you're covering with Heritage? Yeah, so I, I'm on Twitter at JJ Carafano. And, and you can also go to heritage.org and all our stuff's there, not just my stuff, but everybody's stuff. Um, or you can call my mom in Jacksonville, Florida, and <laughs> she will be happy to She'll connect let you, you know with all her. of Jay's stuff. So, folks, call Jay's mom or go out to Heritage and check him out. We'll be back in a second. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Well, welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. We have a great team here at Real America's Voice, as you have seen. Today, you've seen Gina Loud and Tudor Dixon. Well, joining us now is Bishop Aubrey Shines. He's the founder of Glory to Glory Ministries and the chairman of Conservative Clergy of Color. And most importantly, he's done a lot of things in his life, but most importantly, he's got a new show on Real America's Voice. It premieres on Saturday February 13th at 1 and 6 p.m. Eastern. Bishop, thank you so much for joining us on Actionable Intelligence. Uh, uh, wonderful being with you, Eric. Looking forward to this moment. Absolutely. So, Bishop, please tell our viewers about the new show, what you're going to be covering, who you're going to be having on. So everything that is non-political correctness will be a part of it. We're going to address culturally uh, everything that really, really matters, case in point, we'll give a historical narrative. That way, when individuals hear something that they're not hearing on mainstream media, we'll be able to have the data, the facts. I'm into stats, not my opinion. Everyone has one. It just doesn't make it right for any reason. We're going to address those topics, such as, are our police actually racist? Is there systemic racism really happening? Well, according to this new administration, our country still hasn't found its real purpose and goal. And a guy, by the way, who was a segregationist, who supported it, also, by the way, uh, his policies in, as a senator help perpetuate certain things. We will expose it. Why? Mainstream media won't. I will. It'll be fun, intelligent. A lot of civility and diplomacy. Eric is going to be a fantastic time. 
Well, I think one of the things that people should look forward to about your show, Bishop, is I, I've gotten a chance to know you. You always bring a good sense of humor. You always bring a hopeful perspective. You bring a historically informed perspective to the work that you do. And as you said, you're not somebody who's afraid. You're willing to be courageous. I want to let everybody see right now. We've got a little intro to the show. Let's go ahead and play this now for our viewers. Go ahead, guys. We're looking at leaders that are no longer speaking out on issues. The Democratic Party's objective is to its parent view. Well, there it is. It looks like it's going to be a great show, Bishop. One of the things I noticed, and I know that our viewers are going to notice, is that right at the end, you had President Donald J. Trump saying, thank you, Bishop, for your support. If you could give our viewers who don't know yet a little bit about your background with President Trump. So I created Erica Video several years ago, just explaining to white, black, brown leaders why they should not vote for Hillary Clinton. I gave them the list. The Democratic Party is the party that gave us slavery, fought against the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment, against blacks, gave us the KKK, Jim Crow laws. And they are still doing it because, after all, according to this current president, if you don't vote a Demo for a Democrat, you're really just not black at all. Well, that video got in the hands of then-candidate Trump. And the long story short, I began to speak for that great president all around this nation. I was asked to do so. I was honored to be a part of it. And uh, he seemed, obviously, to enjoy uh, me going in prior uh, to him getting up, addressing the mass crowds everywhere that we went. And it was really, a, it was just a pleasure uh, doing it. This has been, in my opinion, one of the greatest presidents uh, that we have had. He's definitely one of the top two uh, presidents, I believe, historically. And uh, again, just what an incredible honor uh, that it has been uh, just to serve our nation side by side with this great leader, President Donald J. Trump. And Bishop, if you would, you know, you put together this group of conservative clergy. You had conservative clergy from around the country. You sat down with the president. You talked with him about what was important to people of faith. If you could reflect a little bit on the president's legacy, how he stood up for people of faith. Oh, my God. I go back to the time, Eric, that I was invited to come to the White House, which I accepted when he signed an edict, as I called it, against the Johnson Amendment, which primarily told various religious groups, you could not have a voice as it relates to politics. Well, those of us who are well-studied, uh, did well in school, we knew that that was always illegal. This president came in and said, you know what, we're getting rid of this. This is ridiculous. As an American, regardless of what position you hold, you should be able to have a voice. Now, it never, by the way, prohibited guys like myself from doing it anyway. I've been really fortunate in that area to understand the law, to understand that uh, to kowtow to some edict that some Democrat had put together. I know it was silly in the beginning. That president, President Trump, he took that bull by the horns. He steered it in a different direction. Trump was not just a great president for one particular group. 
This president was a phenomenal president for every ethnicity that there is. So when I hear the lies about he's being a racist, well, he then did a horrible job at being one. After all, black and brown people economically did better. Historically, black colleges, universities were off the chart staying alive simply because of what he did. We won't even talk about prison reform and the impact of China and how that really actually impacts all Americans, especially those on the latter side and the lower side economically. This president was a phenomenon. So when I hear the rhetoric about, well, he's a racist. Well, again, if he was or is, he's the most horrible racist I've ever met in my entire life. He needs to turn in his race card because he did everything wrong in being a racist. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the things that, that we obviously saw was tremendous support for historically black colleges and universities. And as you mentioned, President Trump brought in broad based prosperity that benefited Americans around the country. Uh, now, Bishop, one of the things that I know is so important to you is you talk about this difference between political rhetoric versus reality. I want to get your take. The Biden administration comes in and he starts in his inauguration speech. He's talking about we the people and the American people. And this is your inauguration, except there were no American people there because they were kept out with fences and barbed wires. And in one of his very first acts, he signs an executive order saying that, Bishop, if you or your family had shown up at the Lincoln and Memorial people without a mask, people might take action against you. But for President Biden, it's okay. He doesn't have to follow his very own rules. What's your take on these first steps of the Biden administration out of the gate? Uh, probably the most horrible thing that anyone could historically ever read. Again, he's putting up wire and blockades along with his party to make sure that we don't have access to our house, which is the White House, but he won't protect our borders from individuals that we don't know anything about. He fires 50, 60,000 men and women from jobs. By the way, they were going to be purchasing homes and cars and, 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 and freezers and stoves. And so he begins wrecking the economy on this idea that some kind of way they should be protected, but not the rest of us Americans. We shouldn't be protected. Every step that this dictator, and the only reason I call him that, and I'm respectful, by the way, Eric, of the office. I don't have to like the individual, but I always respect the office. But the reason that I choose the term dictator is because he said, and that is Joe Biden, he says anyone that can sign as many executive orders is not really a legislator or a politician or a leader. He says they're a dictator. Well, this guy has accumulated more EOs than everyone can bind out there. So I'm only taking him at his word. He's done a horrible job. He's really wrecking the morale of this nation. And by the way, pretending that we're in some sort of racial divisiveness that he can fix. But he was the problem. He was the one that made sure that poor black and white kids and brown kids stayed in prison beyond what they should have. It took this so-called racist president, President Trump, to come in and say, this is absurd. Let's change it. So it's the same thing. And by the way, Eric, it's the same thing the Democratic Party has been doing since its inception. They've always pit man against man, black against white, male against female, 
they're up to their same thing. And unfortunately, his next voice is the conduit herself, Kamala Harris. Again, it, this is, it's, it's sad. We have our work cut out in this nation, but I believe Americans are resilient. That's what my show is about. We're gonna shine the light on these various topics that are out there. And again, it'll be historically based. I believe in facts. I'm not interested in opinions. Give me the bottom line. What are the facts? What are the numbers? We're gonna do it, and I know we're gonna have a tremendous time uh, celebrating the greatness of America. It is, it is a great country, yeah. and it's gonna be fun to watch you celebrate it on your show. Bishop, for folks who want right now to get a chance to start following you, where can they find you on social media? Type in my name, aubreyshines.com. We have multiple platforms uh, that are out there. I, I just know it would lead them to other uh, venues that I've been at, things that I've done, universities that I've spoke, roundtables that I've been a part of. I think they would enjoy uh, the respect that I have for this nation as well as for every American. So again, AubreyShines.com. I think they re awesome. really will enjoy it. Folks, that is Bishop Aubrey Shines. He is a patriot. He is a man of faith. He is hopeful. He is insightful. And you're going to be able to see him right here on Real America's Voice. His show premieres on Saturday, February 13th at 1 and 6 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out and check him out online before that. Well, that's it for tonight from Actionable Intelligence. We'll see you tomorrow night. Stay in tune for Dr. Gina Primetime coming right up. Woo! <laughs>